I'm in Luke chapter 2. This is the Sunday before Christmas. I don't know what you think of when you hear Christmas. I know that most everyone has uh, some idea if you hear that word. For some, it's decorations. For some, it's food. For some, it's family. For some, it's traditions. We all usually have some sort of Family traditions, one of ours is to make a pilgrimage to Birmingham, to the Alabama Theater to watch White Christmas. That is a Bing Crosby uh, movie, and uh, if you would like for me to sing that for you later, I'll have to do it privately. Brad's asked I not sing publicly. But uh, so that's for us today. Uh, We have decorations, you know. Uh, Most everybody has the same decorations year to year. We try to add a new ornament. I do get two ornaments from my childhood. I don't know how they survived, Uh, but here they are, Santa and Frosty, and I hang those every year, and then I turn out all the lights and lay under the tree and look up. Didn't take much to entertain me as a kid, and I still do those things. And so I I don't know what Christmas is for you. Maybe there's a a traditional thing that you do every year. For some, it's family. Uh, For some, it's travel. For some, it's quiet. Just a few uh, days together as family. Perhaps it's your favorite movie. I I don't know. But, But I can tell you with great certainty today that what Christmas really is is found in Scripture. And so I want to go to that familiar passage today. It's in Luke chapter 2. So if you have your Bibles, I encourage you to go there with me. This is the story that you've heard for many, 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 many years, perhaps all of your life. It is a simple but profound telling of the events surrounding the birth of Jesus. We all probably maintain some of those traditions that I spoke of. We all have situations in life that change. Life is like that, isn't it? Boy, it comes fast. It moves quick and it changes. There's probably some changes in your life this year as opposed to last year. But the story of Christmas remains. It endures. It is timeless. It is treasured. And I want to tell you... It contains great truth. If you have your Bibles, I would encourage you to look with me at Luke 2, beginning at verse 1. There the Bible says, In those days, a decree went out from Caesar Augustus that all the world should be registered. This was the first registration when Quirinius was governor of Syria. And all went to be registered, each to his own town. And Joseph also went up from Galilee, from the town of Nazareth, to Judea, to the city of David, which is called Bethlehem, because he was of the house and lineage of David, to be registered with Mary, his betrothed, who was with child. And while they were there, the time came for her to give birth. And she gave birth to her firstborn son and wrapped him in swaddling cloths and laid him in a manger because there was no place for them in the inn. And in the same region there were shepherds out in the field keeping watch over their flock by night. And an angel of the Lord appeared to them and the glory of the Lord shone around them and they were filled with 
great fear. And the angel said to them, Fear not, for behold, I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all the people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior who is Christ the Lord. And this will be a sign for you. You will find a baby wrapped in swaddling cloths and lying in a manger. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly host praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest and on earth peace among those with whom he is pleased. When the angels went away from them into heaven... The shepherds said to one another, Let us go over to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has made known to us. And they went with haste and found Mary and Joseph and the baby lying in a manger. And when they saw it, they made known the saying that had been told them concerning this child. And all who heard it wondered at what the shepherds told them. A few thoughts, if you will, this morning as I reflected and prayed over this passage this week. Jesus is Lord. We're told that in this passage, but we also see that in some of the things here. So, first of all, Jesus is Lord over plans. You know, the circumstances of Mary's pregnancy, this is, of course, the the big deal related to this story, the birth of Christ. It's not necessarily his birth, but his conception that gets all the attention. Joseph was already accustomed to his plans being disrupted. It was his plan to put Mary away quietly, to divorce her on the down low. In that day, a betrothal was very close to what you and I know as marriage. The only thing yet held back is the consummation of that marriage physically. But a Angel had already spoken to Mary and said, you're going to give birth. And she asked, how could this be? And it was explained that it's by the Holy Spirit. And when Joseph learned all of this, the Bible makes clear in Matthew that he wanted to just put her away quietly. He wanted to move on. This is not the way it was supposed to happen. This is not what I've been working for. This is not my plan. But a An angel came and spoke to Joseph and said, Don't be afraid. The the pregnancy is the result of the Holy Spirit, and this was an unplanned twist in the plans for marriage. The time of this birth. Now, certainly it was the typical time, as you and I would know it, but leave it to the government to mess things up. After he had come to some peace with all of this and everything was settled, it was announced that a census had to be taken. In fact, the Bible says that this census had been decreed by the Roman emperor. And it most likely, we believe, was the emperor Octavian. Now, the Bible says Caesar Augustus. Caesar is the title for emperor. Augustus refers to his being revered and esteemed. And so... The Caesar of that day, Octavian, who ruled from 27 B.C. to 14 A.D., declared that there must be a census. Now, this particular Caesar had done a lot of great things. He built roads through the Roman Empire that are in better shape than some of our roads today. But it's also interesting to remember that God on high chose this Caesar to be the one who would bring about his plan. 
God had used world leaders before, Artaxerxes, Tiglath-Pileser, Cyrus, and Caesar Octavian joins that crowd of those that God chose to implement his plan. He declared that a census must be taken, and that set everything in motion for Joseph and Mary to be in the place where this birth had to happen. Joseph had to go from Nazareth to Bethlehem. It meant travel at a time when travel was not convenient. It wasn't convenient in the best of circumstances. It certainly was not convenient when you were great with child. This was not a pleasure trip, not a fact-finding trip. This was orchestrated by God, but demanding all the same. And a pregnant wife, all the natural and normal pressures that that brings, coupled with the fact that this is no normal baby. And they make that trip of about 70 miles from northern Israel to southern Israel to the town of Bethlehem near Jerusalem. It was a requirement of the law that they go, but it could have also been because of response to gossiping lips. Because people at home were probably still talking about Mary with some suspicion about this pregnancy. But in all of this, God's plan was accomplished. Why? Well, because Jesus is Lord over plans. And not only that, the manner. Travel was very different. There was no Tesla to go in. They couldn't load up in their Tundra or Subaru or Suburban. Lodging was different. There was no Motel 6. There was no Marriott. There was not even a Four Seasons for a luxurious birth. The Bible simply says that she gave birth and she wrapped him in cloth and laid him in a manger. Why? Because there was no room for them in the inn. We're told that this place where travelers would normally lodge had no place for them. So they had to settle for a place that was reserved for the animals. It could have been an outbuilding. It could have been a cave. Regardless of that particular structure, it was not ideal, it was not luxurious, it was not home, it was not warm, it was not comfy, and it was not as most people would want. But Jesus is Lord over plans. Those that we make, those that we don't make, (laughs) those that some people make for us. Jesus is still Lord. Not only that, he's Lord over people and places. The Bible says that Jesus, the Savior of the world, was born in a small, out-of-the-way place. And the announcement of this birth was not sent by the most creative way. It simply went to shepherds, not the movers and the shakers of the day. In that day, there was not much worse than a shepherd. The shepherds were often the youngest in the family. We saw that in the life of David in the Old Testament. Perhaps they didn't even own the sheep and goats that they were shepherding. They were likely hired for very little pay, perhaps no pay, but just the basic provisions of life. And the shepherds had a difficult life. They were looked down upon by others. In fact, some writers have said that in that day, shepherds were just one step, one little step above lepers. They worked outside at all times. They were constantly on lookout, even at night when some 
times six herds would be brought together. The shepherds were still on alert. Little, if any, real time to relax. They smelled bad because they were with animals all the time. They were likely bruised, perhaps a little bit bloody, from breaking up fights and protecting their flock from other animals. They were looked down upon by the religious people of the day because their work prevented them from maintaining the religious rituals of the day. These shepherds were doing what they did. Most likely, there was very little joy in that. If you think your life is monotonous to get up on Monday and go through your week just to do it again the next week, imagine day after day after day after day of keeping stupid sheep straight. Frustrated, tired. And perhaps as the day is winding down and the fire is beginning to dwindle, They may be thinking just a few moments rest before we have to do it all again. Isn't it fascinating? Isn't it encouraging that the greatest story ever told went first to the shepherds? It's encouraging for me, I hope it is for you, that it went to those people who were in an out-of-the-way place. The Bible says that an angel of the Lord appeared to them and the glory of the Lord shone around them and they had something to say. This is the visible manifestation of the divine presence of God himself. Now there are some people that are a presence Have you ever met those folks? You hear them coming before they get there. And once they get there, there's no doubt they are there. And they would like to have all of your and everyone else's attention while they are there. Can I remind you the biggest personality in the world can't hold a candle to the manifestation of God. His glory, all of who he is, his being, his nature, his character, his power, his actions, all on display for this unloved group of individuals. And just as it is that announcement that night, so it is with Jesus. He is the manifestation of all that God is. The angel said to those shepherds, There is good news of great joy, which is for all the people. The good news is that you don't have to be someone special to hear that news. You don't have to have a particular job or a significant standing in society. You don't have to even be in a special place to get the news. It's been delivered, and it is good. He is Lord over our plans. He's Lord over people, but he's also Lord over fear. The Bible makes clear that the shepherds were afraid. And can I be honest with you? I believe I would have been too. In the darkness of the Judean night, long before LEDs, long before flashlights, long before we could turn up the brightness of our cell phones, All they may have had was a fire, but the glory of the Lord is far more powerful than the glow of their fire. 
Their widely dilated pupils were quickly constricted. Their heads likely twisted faster than the best chiropractor can snap you back into place. Their tired bodies, their sore knees jumped into action. Why? Because the world as they knew it was suddenly on fire as the glory of the Lord shone around them. And they were alarmed as fear was aroused in their hearts. Afraid, why? Because of the awesomeness of God. You know, the Bible says that Isaiah saw the Lord and his response was, woe is me. The Bible makes plain that when Peter saw Jesus perform a particular miracle, he said to the Lord, you've got to get away. Why? Because when you and I see the Lord, we see ourselves, we see our sinfulness, and it frightens us. But the angel said, fear not. The Bible said, do not be afraid. May full best they is what the angel said, May Phobeste. Why should they not be afraid? Well, the very one they were announcing would take care of their fear. Have you ever been afraid? You have. <laughs> I'll go ahead and answer my own question. We've all been afraid. There are different things that frighten us, there are different things that put us in mind of our delicate position. I tried to think this week of a time when I was afraid, and 